So, any questions? Yes. So I was thinking of the verse, the Satam Prasanga Namadari Samhito, and Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, he comments on how um, in the association of like the best devotees, you can get um, Nishtha and beyond, but if the inferior devotees, um, you only have Bhajana Kriya. So I was kind of wondering, like, I was thinking of what you said sometimes about when someone comes to the festival, they can make like more advancement in the sadhu sangha than they could all year, just like through their own sadhana. So I was kind of thinking like, it could seem like maybe hearing from the devotees is more powerful than the sadhana. So then I was thinking, well, why do you, why do we do the sadhana? Because if you listen to the devotees, they tell you, <laughs> they tell you to do. Well, it's. Um, what uh, powerful influence you can um, affect on your own and maybe less than the influence that can be affected by more powerful and advanced devotees. It goes um, without saying. But um, if, in your example, you don't practice all year, you probably won't come to the festival either. So um, something is, is better than nothing, and, and practice makes perfect. Hmm? So, uh, and again, as I began, the devotees teach us to practice. Um, and if nothing else, you get a habit for practicing. Hmm? So that's good. Um, what else would you do with your time? Hmm? If you're not practicing, you'll be doing something else with your time and bringing your senses in contact with sense objects for purposes other than pleasing the senses of Rishikesh. So it's not that you just tread water or something like that. You're either going to go do something that's going to call you progress or you're going to do something that's not. You're going to do something. Hmm? And, um, and so uh, that's really what... Uh, what sadhana bhakti is. So in a good company, we could get an abbas of the bhava that's motivating someone else. Um, and uh, and you may not be able to get that in the early stages of your, of your practice, but that's certainly not a reason uh, not to practice. And for that matter, um, if you practice sincerely, there's no reason why you can't get uh, some experience from that. And then besides that, it's not that the practice is, is like bad or some punishment or it's hard. It's nice to hear about Krishna. Hmm? Practice, what is it? It's practice what we do at the festival. So we listen to the lectures. You can listen to the lectures here. You can listen to them there. Somebody told me, Maharaj, it's not the same Listening, I listen to the lectures every day on the tape. It's not the same as listening from you personally. So, but he's not going to stop listening to the to the lectures on the tape. He's just saying he has uh, in in person. He, he it affects him more more deeply. Understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not very good logic on your part. And again. Practices are um, 
are nice. And when you actually take them up, so certainly you, 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 you feel that. Now, if your practice becomes rote and mechanical and um, a counting affair, for example, with regard to rounds rather than a chanting affair, that's another thing. Then you, then you have to refine your, your practice. It's all about quality. It said that one name can bring all results. So you have to focus on the quality and the conception behind the chanting and so on and so forth that you'll hear about and learn about in, in good uh, association. And um, and if you, of course, if you come in good association with your guru and after, let's say, a year to a festival and he asks you, how's your practice? And you say, well, I haven't been practicing. He's probably not going to be very inspired. So we want to also inspire our guru, our teacher, by our example. Otherwise, he or she's not going to be very enthused to spend time, to waste time, thinking, I'm wasting my time here. All year long, you're not practicing. I'm, I'm wasting my time. So he, he or she will naturally turn their attention somewhere else where it's going to be taken advantage of. Hmm. So, and again, the practices are nice. To hear about Krishna is, is nice. To serve the deity, it's, it's very nice. Yes, um, uh, there may not always be a taste, um, um, but even when there's not, at least you're making sense out of your life. <laughs> it's reasonable. It's what you have signed on for is and thought about with all the intelligence that you do have and, and that this is the right thing to do. So it might be nice if you were intelligent in action and followed your own convictions. Hmm. There's something to be said for having convictions um, and the evidence that you have them is that you, you follow them out. Hmm. So there's no excuse really for, for not, uh, not practicing. And um, again, that's typically how devotees do make practice, progress. There's two ways of attaining bhava, through sadhana and through kripa uh, or mercy. The second is more rare. The standard affair is through, uh, through practice. Part of the practice is hearing, obviously from advanced devotees and associating with them as much as, as, as possible. And then there's also the possibility that you fall into this uh, misconception that um, that uh, I can only hear from a devotee who's higher because from him I will get the higher things, whereas if I hear from so-and-so Maharaj, I'll get ruchi and asakti because he or she is more advanced. If I hear from such-and-such such Prabhu, I'll only get Bhajana Kriya because he's less advanced. But it might be good for you to get Bhajana Kriya <laughs> with questions like yours. Hmm? And Anishta and so forth. Uh, so um, it's not that uh, only the highest devotees can help you and therefore you should disregard other devotees. Only the Uttamadikaris can help you. Even but the Madhyamans can't, they can't, even the Kanishtadikaris can help you. You can learn what not to do, or you can you can share your own trials and tribulations and 
and your own uh, joys and successes with your peers as you're supposed to do and and that way uh, find a, a hand to hold along the path to have company so there's for example when I'm not here there's much to be gained from hearing uh, uh, like for example the Lal Chandra gives classes there's, there's so much to be gained um, from that Artiques are still here still going on Krishna's here because I'm not here there's not a reason not to go to Arctic. If you're living here, hmm, there may be reasons that you, you can't come to Mongol Arctic sometimes. Hmm, but the evening Arctic, unless you have some other service, everyone should come. Hmm, without a doubt, is what we're here for. What else are you going to do uh, that would be as meaningful? And chant, and and uh, if there's no one to conduct a class, Karnam lives in the area, and maybe he'd like to give a class once a week, uh, that would be very uh, desirable. Then we'd have in four days. We Maharaj lives here in the neighborhood. He give class once or twice a week. So I planned on having a little meeting before I go with everybody in the community and saying these kinds of things and more and sharing my expectations of what I uh, would like to see by the time I return, which will mean that you're not just unplugging when I'm gone, uh, so, uh, um, so, but, you know, a little bit of that now in response to your question. Does that help? Yeah. And you, you're a young man, uh, you've got a nice voice and you have a little bit of musical aptitude, at least with beat, you can keep a beat. You're very natural with the cartels, so you have some propensity for the murdanga. Chidahari plays the murdanga nicely. Person like you should have enough rajaguna for me to take advantage of and utilize in Krishna's service to want to learn how to play the mudanga nicely and lead kirtan. And when I come back, I can say, "Can you lead the kirtan?" But then I told this boy here, you know, you learn to play the kirtan. I'll take you back mudanga. I'll take you back to God. I don't know if you remember that. It was <laughs> many, many moons ago. I think before you got initiated. So I see, you know, you. So he's, he's getting, he's getting there. Um, so we especially need kirtaniers in our our group. Um, so you have some propensity to be involved. In that you know that that belongs to Krishna. Krishna is the ability in in men and women. So that should be identified as such, and engaged in the service. If you're stingy and holding back with that then um, uh, no matter how many times I come, I'm not going to be able to help you too much. Hmm? So you should, you should you know, uh, um, take some responsibility for your spiritual life. It's not that, uh, uh, you know, there's the two schools of Ramanuja where there's the cat and the monkey school. The cat school of Ramanuja, as I understand it, Sampradaya, is that you can't do anything, but just like the cat picks up the kitten by the back of the neck and moves the kitten. So Krishna, God, be a Sharanagata, and Krishna will just pick you up. And then there's the monkey school, which says, the monkey, have you ever seen the monkeys? They have babies too, they're not kittens, they're called monkettes or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so they take the monkettes, right? And the monkettes they carry on their belly but the monkettes have to hang on. 
So they hang on and they're carried. Whereas the cat doesn't even hang on. So we're more like the monkey school because both things are required for making progress. Effort and grace. Both. So as I often say, we make effort to get grace. So if I see someone like yourself, for example, I know you, I know your propensities, I'm looking to see if they're being employed, if you're, if you're giving them to Krishna, um, or if you're keeping them uh, uh, to yourself, or you know, not, not utilizing them at all. If I find, oh, he's done that, uh, then he, now he can lead the kirtans. I'd be very pleased. And I think, yasyat prasad, bhagavat prasad, oh, yasyat prasad, Krishna will be pleased with you as well. Hint, hint. So, you know, these things are not just something we say, you know, um, without thinking about the implications. And these are practical ways. So the way in which you apply yourself in your sadhana is going to determine, um, to some extent, how much sadhus are going to be attracted uh, to you. And know that here's a person that's going to take advantage of my association and, and want to share it. Mm. Right? So, so there's much, much to do. And, uh, I mean, if I had waited for Prabhupada to come around every year to, before I did anything, you know, uh, well, I don't know. <laughs> what can I say? It's ridiculous, you know. Um, you know we were building temples, and printing books, and, and um, perspiring blood for... for um, for him, with any, any slight hint of what he might want or expect. I was told when I joined that there's a warehouse full of books over there. You know, and practically we don't know what to do with them, but probably wants them to be sold. So I thought, I'll try it. Hmm. Right? And I went out, and some others were going to in a little bit, but you know, I did have something to do with bringing it to another um, level, if you will. Um, and it was just, I, I at the time thought, I never had a job, really. I didn't know how to do any, I didn't have any skills. I wasn't trained in school or anything like that. Uh, I was just a thinking kind of a person and just thought about the. And when I landed on, you know, Prabhupada, I thought to join. But then when I came to, to it came to practical service, I didn't know how to cook. I didn't know how to keep books, uh, you know, accounting or whatever. Um... I really didn't know how to do anything, per se, as far as having been trained in anything. And I felt that the other devotees were all more educated and talented. I was amazed. I thought they were like gods and goddesses. They had to decorate the deities and sing these songs and things like that. When I was first handed the Krishna, Hare Krishna handbook, I thought, oh, I'm never going to make it. you got to learn this Isha Ishopana. You know, there are a couple of verses from there. I thought, I, I said, I hardly read an English book. What to speak of these words, you know? But I thought that Prabhupada, he, you know, I'm going to follow him somehow or other. And so when I heard that, you know, there was the warehouse of books, I thought, well, I can do that. I can talk to people. I know that. When I'm convinced about something, I can talk about it. And um, so I thought that's the lowest service that people who don't have any talent to do anything else, they, they, maybe they do that. That's what I thought. And so no one was doing it, so I thought, well, it's probably not 
very important, but it's something that Prabhupada wanted, so I thought, I'll try it. Hmm. And I was uh, successful in that. I used to ride the bus to Hollywood Boulevard every day and get off and sell books. And I used to sell books on the bus while I was going to a captive audience. It got such that the bus driver, when I got on, he would say, now I want you all get listen to this fellow here now. Now listen to him. Hmm. Or when I would be getting on in the afternoon to head back, he'd, he'd say, okay, the preacher coming on now. <laughs> and he would prime everybody, you know. So, got some help there. Um, go ahead, it turned out to be something that was um, close to Prabhupada's heart, so I'm sure I, I got his attention. And getting his attention was a good thing to have, so you want to do that, you want to act such a way. And you don't want to bring attention to yourself, but you want to get um, in a spiritual way. You want to be, you know, taken taken notice of, so to speak. You want to please your gurus and think, how, how can I do that? And there are simple ways. I've given you a simple um, example. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, you should. Uh, Yes, it's true. You can make more advancement coming to a festival, you know, for a few days. It's possible over the, than you could over the course of the year in your practice. But if you have, then 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 you'll put it into your practice, and you're, you'll get something out of your practice. Yeah. So, but it, it, you can, <laughs> and if you do, it should show up in a certain way. Not just well, I went to the festival, so I guess I made more advancement. Because Groomer said you could, it doesn't necessarily you did mean you did, <laughs> and it will show up in, the, in how you act, uh, right? Action speaks louder than uh, than than the precept or than words. So, uh, does that help? Yeah. So, we'll be watching you. Yeah. Just a little further clarification. So, I've always thought of the practice. Um, kind of like tilling the field and preparing the field for that association. That's true, too. The better advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. What else? Thinking of uh, recently, Manohar asked the question about um, you should keep your Ishtadev and your Guru and your mantra or something like that secret. And then I was also thinking of, or private, and I was thinking of the story you tell about um, there was a Kirtan and some guy was like, you know, spiritual life, that should be private. And you're saying, in spiritual life, there's no difference. So it's kind of like how to contrast, like it should be private, but then again, what exactly do you mean by there's it should, it should be public, or there's no difference between public and private, kind of. Well, it is not that you should have one face in the public, and um, a different face in uh, in private. But the public face should be an expression of your inner face. It doesn't mean there's ways in which you can uh, express your inner. Um, well, what you do in private externally without doing exactly the same thing that you do in private necessarily. But um, it's certainly true that one's public and private life should be one in substance, 
they may be different just just like you may have an internal life in relation to the meditative form for serving in Krishna Leela and you have an external life in terms of your sadhaka deha in essence you do the same thing with both but they play out differently hmm? you don't wear a sari you know in your sadhaka deha because you have gopi bhav internally you dress you conduct yourself like a servant of chaitanya mahaprabhu but in essence they're they're the same um, um the idea of you know, keeping your guru a secret and your mantra secret uh, uh, should keep to oneself. Uh, again, as I've given the example, you, you don't throw pearls uh, before the swine. Um, it's not some mandate that you could never tell anybody who your your guru is. And often, in fact, if you're to be introduced, you say, my name is, uh, is Krishna Das, I'm a disciple of... Um, um, Vishnupad, so and so, and then we know who you are. Oh, okay, that's who you are. Okay, we got the whole picture. Many times people will say, "Tell me their name," and I say, "Well, who, who's your teacher?" You know, cause then I can, okay, I got you now. You know how I know how I can you know place you and think how to uh, how to serve you better. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think it's uh, more that. Uh, that statement, keep your guru, your mantra, secret or something like that, it's more of a emphasis on internalizing um, um, what you've uh, uh, derived from them and sharing it only in appropriate uh, circumstances with like-minded persons, where it can be taken advantage of. So there are places where we're speaking about it, you know, sharing it uh, has its its place, and um, places where uh, it doesn't won't be appreciated, um, something like that. Or you know we find this phenomenon today, and I think I mentioned it in answering Marmar's question. If you go around broad, broadcasting, everyone, my guru is this, my guru is so and so, my guru is so and so. You know, really, oftentimes what, what I'm hearing is, I'm great, I'm great, I'm great, I'm great, I'm great. And, <laughs> you know, so that's the opposite of what we, what we, um, how we want to feel. So, um, um, if, let's take a look at this, if you're blessed, then... There may be a place for it, but for the most part, you don't run around saying, I've been blessed, I've been blessed. I'm a blessed person. You know that you're blessed, and then you show it in a particular way, too. In some way, you show it, and you know it. That what you're showing is coming from the fact that you, you, you've been blessed, but it's not something you go around broadcasting or advertising, something like that. Um, but there's no contradiction with my other point. The other fellow was saying, you know, this kirtan is one thing, but I think that the spiritual life should be private. He was basically saying, I don't think this kirtan is right because it's a public thing and the spiritual life should be private. I said spiritual life, should be no difference between your private and your public life. That's the answer. Hmm. And um, so that's true. Hmm. Um, but then again, it gets, as I say, there may be different ways to show it in public. 
than which it's than that which is it is experienced in uh, in in private. If Krishna speaks to you in private, then you you know you, you tell people in public that what he said without saying Krishna told me last night, you know, or some whatever, you know, some something like that. Oh, no, there's no contradiction there. What else? Yes. I hope I can get this right because I wasn't prepared for questions and answers. But I'm reading a book that you mentioned the other night um, by Dr. Sridhar Swami, um, Prapana. Jivanamrita. And in the introduction, he's talking about um, according to one's level of surrender, um, one develops a desire to go to the different levels of um, perfection and um, the highest, the ultimate highest being the service of Radharani in Goloka uh, Vrindavan. And then he, and he says, um, in Vaikuntha one can only attain um, Dasya um, with a hint of friendship. Um, I guess Shantarasa, Dasya Rasa, and a hint of friendship. He said, and then if one makes the offense of considering law to be more important than love, then one will fall from Galoka to Vakanta. Yeah, well, first of all, there's a couple of things you said and I, that I would like to address, and whether they're representative of the book or not is is another thing. But um, I don't think that you can say um, that the level of your surrender um, corresponds with your attainment in bhakti. I don't think that the servants of Vaikuntha are less surrendered than the gopis of Vrindavan, for example, or that the coward boys are less surrendered than Mother Yashoda, for example, in Vatsalyaras. Everyone is surrendering, if you will, um, according to the, to this, to the, uh, as an outward expression of their faith, which is the seed, so to speak, of the bhakti that they receive that will turn into a certain bhava based on the kind of association that they've had. And in order to attain that, whatever it may be, whether it be Dasiras in Vaikuntha or Gopi Bhav in Goloka, you have to give your everything. It's not that, well, I could give 50% and I could become a, a servant in Vaikuntha, so why don't I try that? Hmm. So it doesn't work like that. Hmm. That's one thing. Second thing is that... Um, Yes, it's true that Bhakti Siddhanta at times have said um, um, I think he used the term there's a Gaurava Priti and Samrama Priti I think these are two types of Dasya um, but Rupa Goswami has explained these two types of dasya to pertain to dasya in Golok, for example, of, Krishna, of Krishna's servants and those who are Krishna's sons, 
and Dwarka. Mm -hmm. They also have serving relationship. That's a different type of dasya. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, but the term, uh, I think it's uh, Gaurava-prita, maybe. Sometimes I think I've read some places Bhaktisiddhanta speaking about it as two and a half rasas in Vaikuntha, dasya and a little bit of friendship. But but it's not um it's not taught uh, that's not taught in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu hmm? of Rupa Goswami. Um so I'm not sure where that's uh um uh, coming from it, it's true that a friend, that a servant, could have some type of friendliness with the master. But generally, we see this in Goloka, hmm, where there are friends of Krishna who have, uh, uh, or excuse me, there are servants of Krishna whose um, dasiras has a tinge of sakya. Hmm. Um, but um, at least as far as Rupa Goswami's outline of the whole thing. We don't find that in Vaikuntha, as far as I've ever seen. So, but I, he's, he's probably had said something like that, repeating Bhaktisiddhanta. I think I've heard Chidomar say that at, at times, but I never found another reference. So just, you know, as a point of information, hmm, do it with what you like with it. But, um, and then the third thing was, um, um, if you uh, follow by the the law, law above love, then you fall from from Golok to Vaikuntha. But um, what he means by that is that if you make the calculation uh, of uh, that love is law is superior to love. Hmm? then you will end up in Vaikuntha hmm, rather than in Goloka. Mm -hmm. So the falling is going on here. <laughs> it's not that you go to Goloka and then you decide, well, maybe law is better than love. I, you know, check out Vaikuntha and hurry, hurl down. So he'll say, hurl down from Vaikuntha, you know, hurl down from Goloka. Sridharmash will say things like that. He doesn't mean literally. He's meaning the conception of Goloka. If you have a, a dutiful type of love conception that you're cultivating, then, then you have to go to Vaikuntha, you, you'll be hurled, so down, you know, see, just using kind of dramatic um, terms and ways of speaking about it to make the point, it's not to be taken in some literal way that some, some gopi in Vrindavan is thinking, maybe it's hard to be a gopi, you know, maybe I should try being a servant in Vaikuntha, <laughs> it's not like that, does that help? Yes. He, he does put cast the fr the phrase cast down in quotation marks, so it's real clear that it's uh -huh. figuratively. It's figurative, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hurled down from cast down from by Kunta. Well, he's making a point. He wants <laughs> he wants to scare scare you out of Vaikuntha, scare the Vaikuntha out of you. <laughs> what else? 
podcast. I, w- I wanted to ask about, because I feel like the idea of guru is kind of strange in a lot of Western culture, and I wanted to ask about how can I talk about you to my friends? Well, I don't think that the idea of guru is that foreign to um, Western culture. Um, in principle, I don't think it is. And uh, also, um, I think that they, in, in that I mean that uh, the principle being that one's capacity to progress in a field of study is enhanced by having the association, the direction, the teaching of someone who is an adept in the field. That's the principle, right? In different fields of knowledge, whether it be science or music or art or something. And um, um, so, in, in, you know, in Christianity, for example, one of the major religions here in the West, you have priests, um, you have the Pope. Hmm? In uh, the Catholic tradition, and the cardinals and the bishops, and and uh, and the uh, and then the the, 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 the priests in, in general, and there's a whole kind of hierarchy, and there's a disciplic succession, pope after pope, and and so forth. Um, so even in the Protestant religion. Uh, what form of Christianity where they tried to do away with the intermediary between God and and humanity, which was part of the revolt that Luther read against uh, the Church, the Catholic Church, because these popes and bishops were living high and and drinking fine wine, selling um, you know, give me money and I'll get your, I'll offer prayers and get your relatives out of purgatory. Um, was what they were doing, and that kind of corruption of the guru principle, really, was central to Luther's uh, revolt. And so the emphasis then in the Protestant revolution was that the book, the word was one, the word is one with the Godhead. So you can have direct communion with God by reading the Bible. And so the result is read the Bible and you make up your own church which is what Protestantism is. So there's everybody, every, there's all kinds of Protestant churches. But in every one of them, you've got a minister, you've got a guy that started the church or a gal, and uh, and uh, everybody's going there and listening to them. And, and they're, um, uh, you see, you, 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 they're, the, they're the guru. You, know, you're, you can't really do away with the principle. Now, how you apply the principle and to what extent and so forth, you know, that's another thing. But in principle, it's there. And then also, uh, practically speaking, as far as East versus West, there's been so much influx of Eastern um, thought and uh, culture into the West, uh, largely since the uh, 50s and the 60s, kind of beginning with, you know, this flow of Eastern missionaries into the, uh, Europe and, and the Americas, Buddhist, Hindu, um, and so forth, that, uh, you know, terms like guru, swami, uh, karma, you know, they're used in uh, English uh, discourse, and um, it's not uncommon for somebody to be called the guru of, you know, of, uh, of uh, you know, Steve Jobs, you know, the, the guru of Apple, you know, 
that's not not uncommon. Um, um, and so I think you have to kind of bring it down to the practical implications instead of uh, thinking of it or letting allowing someone to think of it as something exotic and different and some guy with a turban on a magic carpet, or, you know, something like that. Playing a flute with a snake, you know, dances in front of him or something like that. You just kind of bring it down. That's why sometimes I use the term teacher and student. One time, and I started using the term teacher often with regard to my disciples because once, uh, several uh, years ago, quite a few years ago, a uh, a fellow a guy, some, uh, not a member of the tradition, um, was speaking with one of my students and then um, was speaking with me and said, you know, what do you call those? You know, you, you call them your disciples? Anybody call them disciples? You know, it was like weird for him, you know, kind of like the disciples of Christ, you know. It has also this kind of very but student, okay, that makes sense, you know, kind of a thing. Um, disciples, in some way, a better word, it means discipline, to follow teaching the discipline and so forth. But uh, you may notice I use the term student often just for the sake of translating the concept in it, into, the, into the Western uh, mind uh, vocabulary. And you're at school, so you've got teachers. This is, I've got a teacher who teaches... The, the thing, the philosophy, Eastern philosophy, he teaches, and you can say, well, he teaches and writes books about the Eastern philosophy, and he also follows the teaching such that he exemplifies it, and it's very um, compelling mm-hmm. as, as such. And the, the, the ideas that are taught there um, about the nature of consciousness, let's say, for example, are appear to be experienced by him. So it's 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 uh, interesting uh, to have uh, his his uh, association, something like that. Because it's kind of just bring it bring it down. You might look at how I was interviewed by um, Dana when she wrote her first book about what's it called? Saffron Cross. Saffron Cross of so many points from the Eastern Hindu tradition that have correspondence with with Christianity to kind of like take the mystery out of it and find the common ground and say, well, there's nothing here that's that's really different. And really, Hinduism, if it's worth its salt, it's it's saying, you know, it's really speaking about universal principles you may use terms, bhakti, karma, gyan, huh? what, you know, but you play them out and what they mean. Hmm? There's there's having, there's knowing, and there's loving. I mean, who's not familiar with that? Hmm? And how substantial is a, is, a, is, a, is a sense of existence that's based on, on what I have? Hmm? If my sense of I who I am, my existence, is dependent upon what I have, then it's very vacuous because how long do I have anything? How long can I keep anything? Hmm? Right? 
So that's the principle of karma, acquisition. By thinking that I will be more by acquiring, the sense of I that comes out of that is not sustain any more sustainable than owning the things that you've endeavored to own and possess. And so then there's a saying, it's a Zen saying, of course, but it's, a lot of people have heard it by now and they'll nod their head. Less is more. Less is more. That's Gyan. By an existence that's not based on having, but rather on being, I don't need to have anything to be. I can be more by having less. By having less, I can be more and I can be more for other people as well. I could give them more by my company because I'm more fulfilled by the by sacrificing something like that. So these are, you know, these are, and then, then bhakti, then there's, the, there's gyan, and there's bhakti idea. So it's important, to, and I often talk about it in this way, to understand, you know, the principles here and how they're applicable, you know, everywhere, universally speaking. So it's the same thing with the guru principle as I'm talking about it now. Um, use the term teacher, Eastern philosophy. And the difference is, it's not, to use a Prabhupada's term, it's not armchair philosophy, where you teach a course in philosophy and then you, your own private life is has nothing to do with, with that. I teach a course, for example, on, on uh, let's say I teach a course on a philosophy of mind. Hmm? And in the context of my teaching, I teach that the mind is actually the brain. Hmm? And consciousness is, is just a physical thing. And um, and um, therefore, what's really happening in life, the really the truth of the matter is, is that only these atoms are just bouncing off one another. And all this idea about meaning and purpose, it's all a big illusion. You understand? We, we create it, but it's not real because really there's only physical things bouncing up against one another. That's what we're teaching. We're trying to impress this upon you, hmm? really, that there is no real meaning and purpose in life. You can make up some, but whatever you make up for yourself is is for you, and whatever somebody else makes up for them. There's no overarching meaning or purpose to life. Hmm? Um, so... But then they go home and act very differently because no one can live like that. <laughs> That's not a philosophy that anybody can a talk that anybody can walk. So the difference here is that that they that the teacher. What's an importance and the difference in the, the the quality of the teaching is in order to be the teacher. The teacher has to walk the talk. It's not just get a head full of philosophy and and uh, you know, bounce around some thoughts and so forth. Uh, but um, they have to be applicable to it. So that's why I find it com- compelling. Hmm? So, does that help? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Also, I've heard uh, use of the word wisdom teacher, which kind mm-hmm. of implies the age of wisdom, meaning that you actually, mm-hmm. you've experienced, you know. So a wisdom teacher is like equivalent to a guru. He's actually, mm-hmm. he's gone through life, and with 
going through life, there's wisdom that comes with that. He's going through a practice or a discipline, and with that, the wisdom of the practice is deeper than just a teacher, so to speak. Yes? Another aspect, too, is a mentor. It's not just a teacher that gives information, but he's like a, a mentor that guides you individually, personally. Mm-hmm. He's like personally involved. Personal coach. <laughs> and then a professor. And there's no, there's no charge. <laughs> a professor is like a, like say it's an engineering professor. He was trained as an engineer, and then he taught, as opposed to a, a teacher who's trained how to teach. They'll teach some subject that they like, but they might, but like an engineer, you know, engineering professor as opposed to an engineering teacher. So the guru is more of a professor. He actually lives a life like a man is saying, and then he teaches what he has gone. Okay, good. So we'll stop there. Shri Shri Gauradamada Bhakti Jai. Gaur Bhakti Bhakti Jai.